It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. AJ Politi was one of the best pitchers in the Red Sox farm system throughout the 2022 season. And we had the opportunity to speak with him on this episode of the Locked On Red Sox podcast. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome you back into the Locked On Red Sox podcast. And thank you so much for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every single day. I am Jakey Mizuski, and today we have a very special guest in Red Sox prospect pitcher, A.J. Politi, who is one of the most effective arms out of the bullpen in the Red Sox farm system throughout the 2022 season. He split his time between Portland and Worcester and dominated during both trips. But we had the opportunity to speak with him, learn a little bit about what made him so effective throughout this past season, and also got to uncover what are some of his favorite hobbies outside of baseball. But let's get into our conversation with A.J. Politi. I am here with Red Sox prospect pitcher A.J. Politi. So how are we doing, A.J.? How's your offseason going so far, man? I'm good. Yeah, it's been fun getting back into training and uh, throwing and just getting ready for the next season. So did, didn't you recently move as well? How, how's that been going? Yeah, so I moved out to the West Coast for the offseason. And, yeah. uh, I mean, can't complain with the weather. <laughs> it's nice. You know, I've been getting to throw outside every day. And uh, it's just nice being outside and not stuck in the cold. Yeah, but where'd you, where'd you move from? Uh, so we were in – I'm from New Jersey. I was living in Rhode Island. And then we moved to San Diego. Oh, can't yeah. complain whatsoever. I'm, I'm actually going <laughs> yeah. out to San Diego for the winter meetings next week. So I'm oh, very nice. excited for that. Um, I, I'm in New Hampshire. Uh, like yeah. we don't have snow yet, but it's 30 <laughs> degrees outside. I haven't stepped outside once today. Um, it's I, I'm one of those people who, you know, if I, I ski, so if there's no snow on the ground, then it doesn't make any sense for it's, it to be yeah. cold outside. 
it was nice in Rhode Island before I left. I mean, it was like 75. So I got, I got out in the right time. Yeah. 100%. It must make it so much easier for you to be able to obviously, like you mentioned, already throwing out there, already getting some work in. And so during these past other off seasons, like have you had to go into, you know, turfed or inside areas to get work in? Yeah. I mean, majority of my uh, throws were to a net um, inside and turf. So it's a completely new thing. Just like getting to throw the cleats on every day, having that field being outside and really playing catch with a partner, which makes a huge difference as opposed to throwing into a net where you don't get as much feedback. I feel like. Right. And so like, especially you know last season let's say you didn't get to throw outside i'm guessing until you went down to fort myers for for spring training correct yeah jeez that i i hope i hope you're able to feel a massive difference during this next season i, I would think so you know what i mean yeah. especially being able to be outside um a little bit about me i i played up until high school baseball so i get a little bit i i i had to train inside all throughout my time playing yeah. the game and it was it was really tough i was an infielder so get, getting those balls off of the turf flying up and then yo you know obviously once you get outside and it hits the dirt it's a completely different ball game it's more of a gauge for your off-season throwing program so like inside you can get the mound work in you can kind of measure out the, but it's like you know if you have 150 feet to throw that day like how can you really gauge that when you're throwing into the net like what kind of effort are you putting in it's like here you know you have your partner at 150 feet and mm -hmm. you can really see the throws that you're making that's awesome. And have you found a catcher out there that you're able to throw with yet? Yeah. So I've, I've found a little facility out here. We got a, a few pro guys. Um, we got a couple Red Sox guys in there um, That's cool. that just got drafted. Um, yeah. I just met them. Obviously I've been through the system a little bit longer. Um, so yeah, I just met them. We got a few big leaguers. Um, so yeah, it's good. You know, it's, it's always good to find a place where it fits your environment and with you know, you have players there that can push you and you can work with and right. bounce ideas off of. So it's been good. I bet with the younger guys, it must be sort of like a blast from the past, sort, sort of putting yourself in, in their perspective, <laughs> them, them walking into, you know, maybe their first off season in pro ball. Um, have you, have you tried to, you know, give some of the pointers that you've learned over your years? Um, so a few of the young guys have only met a few times just being new here. Um, I know there's a catcher in the Red Sox system um that catches there i haven't had a chance to meet him i know he's been doing stuff with the red sox maybe instructs or something but he hasn't been in i think his last name's mcelveny i don't know if you've heard that name no, I haven't. um i think he was recently drafted okay. and then another kid marquise i think he was recently drafted out of here um so yeah i haven't really gotten to talk to him much but Makes it's sense. kind of funny just like listening to like the old stories of like back in low a and kind of just get, getting adjusted back into pro ball. It's like when you're at two different spots in your career, it's kind of funny. Yeah, exactly. I bet. And you, you know, you, you spent time between, you know, Portland and, and Worcester throughout this uh, past season. And I'm curious how you would really assess your performance uh, in 2022. Uh, I mean, I think for the most part, like when you look at the numbers, obviously it's really good, but I think it was just a big, I think like outside of looking at the numbers, you know, it was just a big jump, like in mentality and kind of attacking hitters and kind of just learning more about my stuff and how to use my stuff. So like, mm -hmm. I think that was the biggest success outside of, you know, what the numbers show. It's just like learning how to use my stuff and um, 
how to attack hitters and how to get like really good hitters out and how to just like not just go in there trying to blow ball balls by guys and mm-hmm. really learning how to pitch and use your mix and kind of that stuff. So I think that was the big success this year is really honing in my three pitches and learning how to use them in different counts and stuff like that. That makes sense. And, you, you know, when you, as you mentioned, when you look at the numbers, they look really good. And to give you a little bit of an insight, you know, we, we, we posted five days a week all throughout the off season or all throughout the season. And, you know, especially going into September, I, I worked for the Wu Sox for a little bit and you know, I was able to see you on a daily basis, at least during home games. And, you know, I was preaching on this podcast, where's AJ Politi in, in the <laughs> September college, but I know you go out there, you, you just try to be even keel and just do your stuff. And, you know, you don't worry about all that, all that sort of stuff. That's for the decision makers, but, you know, go, you know reflecting on your season and thinking about you know the goals that you went into 2022 with do you think that you were able to achieve most of the goals that you went into the season with yeah I mean uh when you kind of have like the rough season I had the year before like learning how to be a starter and then kind of going back into a different role it's kind of it's kind of gets a little tricky you know my whole career I've been flipping back and forth and so kind of being able to establish where I belong and where I feel most comfortable and like around that kind of stuff. It's just like, that's kind of was a huge goal of mine. And I think that's kind of a spot where I found where I belong. And I think I put in a lot of work last off season. So I'm, I'm, I was excited to see like the numbers show for it. And you mentioned, you know, the back and forth from being a reliever and a starter. And, you know, one thing that a lot of people don't think about is, you know, obviously with starters is every five days and you, you're able to have that warm up progression. But as a bullpen pitcher, you don't really know when you're coming in. And, you know, one guy that I always think of when, you know, players bring that up is, is, is Zach Kelly. He mentioned, you know, that that warm up is something that he had to adjust to. So talk a little bit about, you know, maybe maybe last off season, you know, knowing that you, you were probably going to go from a starter to a reliever, how did you sort of mentally and also physically um, try and get into a routine to warm up as fast as possible as a reliever? Uh, I mean, for me, it wasn't a big adjustment just because okay. I was more of a reliever my whole life. Okay. So it was more of like the off season going into being a starter where it was like, Oh, I got to change everything. <laughs> um, so it's like, it was kind of more of, the adjusting back to it wasn't anything crazy for me. Like that's kind Mm -hmm. of how I've been pitching my whole life is out of the pen. So it wasn't that part of it. Wasn't really that hard for me. It was just kind of, cause that's how I like to pitch. It's like, I'm a guy that likes to be ready every single day. I like to put in the work to be ready every day. So it was like, I think that's just where I belong. So it's really finding that getting back to it. Wasn't that difficult for me. Um, So it was was more on the other side of like being a starter where going into that season, it was like, okay, I got to change everything, Um, figure out how to do this. Like, how do I throw my bullpen on Mm -hmm. after the second day after I just threw 100 pitches? Um, That was more of the difficult side of me. But like flipping back to the reliever was just kind of natural to me because I've been doing it my whole life. And take us through your sort of like warm up routine going into, you know, when they say, AJ, we need you to start getting ready to get into the game. Take us into sort of that warm up. Obviously, you can say, you know, I, I do 10 throws or whatever, but like sort of once you hear your name, what happens? Um, So kind of like you kind of have an idea of where you can kind of be called into the game. Um, but I think most majority of me for me, my work is done pregame. So that when my name is called, it's kind of just like, okay, I'm ready to go. Um, 
So it's like once your name's called, you know, your adrenaline starts pumping a little bit. Mm -hmm. You kind of get warmed up pretty quick. Um, maybe those first few months when it's 30 degrees, it's, it's a little <laughs> tougher, but you know, once it gets warmer out, um, you kind of just, you kind of just have to have that mindset to be ready at any second. So it's like, you don't really think about it. You kind of just hop on the mound, you know, work your fastball, get your fastball ready. And then, you know, f get a couple breaking balls in, but it's, it's more of just get the arm loose and then, um, just be ready to go in the game. I think majority of the work comes before the game. So working on pitches and working on your curveball, your fastball, that comes in the pregame work. And so, oh, so no sunbathing like Tristan Cassis? <laughs> no, not for me. <laughs> but I hope that you are enjoying my conversation with AJ Politi, but I just want to take a second to talk to you about betonline.net, which is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get your latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now let's get back into my conversation with AJ. But, um, you know, th throughout your time in Worcester, you, you know, it, it, was, it was really cool to see you not only progress from, you know, what you were able to do in Portland and then going to the next level and still being able to have success. And so, you know, once you got to the Woo Sox bullpen, was there anybody that sort of took you under their wing when you first got called up? Um, I wouldn't say took me under their wing, but um, I think you can learn a lot from some of those guys in the bullpen just – you know, you have a lot of time in the bullpen every day sitting with the same group of guys. But, mm -hmm. you know, of course, a bunch of them big leaguers, um, a lot of some older guys, some guys that have experience. So I wouldn't necessarily say I was in, under anyone's wing, but I would say that you just those bullpen talks, you know, you can learn a lot about the next level. You can learn a lot about hitters, attacking hitters. You know, a lot of guys bounce off ideas from each other. So it's like you kind of you can learn a lot in that bullpen with um especially the higher levels when you have the guys like that have been in the big leagues have seen it and know what that know what it takes to get to the next level. So it's more of just bouncing ideas and learning from the next guy. Makes sense. And those bullpen talks, obviously keep those out of yourself, but is, <laughs> is, is, is it, is it always baseball stuff or is there some, unique <laughs> no, stuff no. No, <laughs> no, I would say 10% baseball stuff. <laughs> okay. uh, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep it at that. But, um, you yeah. know, another really cool thing that, you know, you were able to be a part of the, this past year in Worcester is, uh, that the combined no hitter. So sort of take me through that game when you knew that you were going to be in sort of your reaction, all of it. Uh, it's going to be kind of tough to tell because I didn't even know a no hitter was going on. Okay um at all like zero clue i gotta be honest uh, I, w I was at that game and i had no clue until the ninth inning <laughs> you know it's kind of like you have a rehab guy going it's kind of like okay he's gonna go through his four innings um he's gonna be taken out you know next pitcher so then it's like you know i'm in the game you know i think i was i obviously yeah you were at the game i struggled heavily it's probably one of my worst games. I know I didn't let up a hit or anything, but I think I walked the first three guys and then got out of it. Um, but you know, I was so frustrated on how I was pitching that I didn't even realize a no hitter was going in until probably the last out when, so I threw my two innings. Um, so I had the bad first inning. I went out again. I had a clean inning. 
And then I kind of went inside and I was just pissed off at myself for how I mm-hmm. pitched. And then I think, yeah, so Chase is pitching and there's probably two outs left. I'm sitting in the video room with uh, the starting pitchers who are charted. And I think it was Murphy that was sitting there. And he's like, you got to go outside? And I'm like, dude, why would I go outside? He's like, dude, you should go outside. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to go outside. Like when a reliever's <laughs> done, you come in, you do your shoulder work, you know, you do what you got to do. And then yeah. it, your day's over. He's like, dude, go outside. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going outside. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Like, <laughs> like I'm in here, my jersey's off, my cleats are off. Like I'm staying in here. He's like, all right, dude. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm like, what? And then he's like, <laughs> then he kind of like, he's like, just think about it. And then I was kind of like thinking and I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> we have a lot of you know? <laughs> Yeah. And then uh yeah, like right as it happened, the last hit, you know, Granny made the diving catch and then it was too late to go outside. But yeah, it was kind of funny. Like I didn't even realize. That's awesome. Yeah, and especially that diving that diving play. What a perfect way to end it. Yeah. No, yeah. It definitely it was funny though, because of like how mad I was. And then that happened. I'm like, you know what, I can't really be mad about the performance now. Like that would be kind of I don't want to be that guy that's in the corner pouting after he just contributed to a no hitter, you know? So it's like, it's like, you know, it kind of, it made the day a lot better. Yeah. So I, I had the opportunity to uh, like talk to Waka, like right after his, right after his start. And then we were, I was waiting to go into, um, into the clubhouse to, you know, talk to some guys right after the game. And then Waka came through sort of, sort of like that hallway area. And he goes, never experienced anything like that. That's pretty crazy. He's like, he's like, yeah. I can't believe, you know, you know, I, I get an opportunity down here and, and thinking of nothing, nothing of it. And then part of something like that. Yeah, that was awesome. And then especially, uh, my bad. Oh no, just gonna say it definitely changed the mood of the day for me. And, you know, being able to be around guys like Michael Walker and Nathan Navaldi, you know, Walker once and then Navaldi, I believe was there twice. Uh, how was it being able to, you know, learn some things from them and, and pick their brain from what they've learned through their career so far. Yeah, no, Waka, Waka is like one of the coolest dudes that has come through that locker room. Um, I remember after those two innings, cause I didn't even realize why he was still hanging around. I was like, why is he still here? You know, there's <laughs> four innings. Like needless to say, he's still hanging out in the locker room trying to wait this game out to see what happens. You know, I remember him, I remember how pissed off I was sitting there and he kind of came up to me like, you know, Michael Walker, this veteran, very great career. And he came up to me and he kind of gave me some words and he's like, Oh, how'd you feel out there? And I was like, nah, couldn't really figure it out. And, you know, I remember him just kind of like taking his time and like talking to me and really like explaining like, Oh, you know, those days are going to happen. It's like those days that you kind of got to figure it out and just, get through it and he's like how many runs did you win and I was like none he's like okay so what's the big problem it was like yeah I know it's just like but it's like stuff like that where he there's no reason for him to pick me up like a triple a player but like you know he took his time after throwing after starting a game and to pick me up and kind of talk to me and I was like that's kind of like you know it's hard to see that from established big leaguers like that and I think mm-hmm. it's, it's it's just really cool when players come down and they really talk to players they get to know them and just things like that it's awesome yeah i i completely agree i, I i've i've asked a few other guys um mainly position players about like you know trevor story going down or kike or something like that and it, it really seems like it's it's the same exact 
sort of message of, you know, these guys are taking the time and they don't have to. And I, I think that just shows sort of um, who they are as people off the field. And, you know, that's, that's something, you know, I mentioned to you at the start of this conversation. I, I bet they're thinking of themselves like the younger selves as, you know, I, I would want somebody to come up to me and, you know, give me some tips or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think the one thing I've noticed about going through the system and having the Red Sox teams all on the East Coast and close, you know, since 2018, you've had a bunch of big leaguers come through that locker room and rehab. And I think one thing the Red Sox do is they create a very good culture at the big league level. So mm -hmm. you kind of see the types of players they get and the type of clubhouse they have that any player that walks through that's rehabbing, you're getting the same respect from all of them. And they all treat you the same. And I think that's just one thing about the Red Sox is the culture that they've created and the players that they get. And you could see it when they come in rehab, they're all the same. They're all the nicest people. They're all established big leaguers that really don't owe us anything. And they really take their time out to get to know us, to help us, to pick our brains. So it's, it's really cool to see that. Yeah, I completely agree. And what, one thing Christian Arroyo said, he, he he was on Chris Cotillo's show, the Fenway Rundown, and he said that like guys like Rich Hill, Michael Waka, and you know even some of the guys from like the deadline, just going into that clubhouse fit in seamlessly. And even Christian Arroyo, he was somebody who went down in, in Worcester for for a week or so, and he was one of the nicest guys, like super super down to earth personality. And you know I just think that 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 really shows that the Red Sox front office puts a lot of thought into the guys that they bring in, not only with what they do on the field, but also within the locker room. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see. I mean, Sales and other guys, I mean, future Hall of Famer, one of the most established pitchers, and yeah. you don't even know what team he's on when he's there just because he acts like one of the players, you know? It's, it's really cool to see. It's, it just makes the environment so much better. It makes playing so much more fun when you have guys like that come and act like one of the one of the players you know it's cool yeah couldn't agree more and uh that, that actually made me think is the, is there anybody who plays right now uh, doesn't have to be for the red sox can really be for any team also could be any minor league team that you look at and you know try and not emulate your game off of but you sort of look up to in some sort of way um i wouldn't say there's too many players that i truly like really look up to or emulate but you know, I, I like to watch a lot of different pitchers. I like to watch a lot of established big leaguers and just kind of see what they do. And I like to see, like, kind of – I think the spring training part of being together is really cool because you could see what the big leaguers do day in mm -hmm. and day out to get their bodies ready to get ready. But, I mean, there's a bunch of pitchers now that you can watch that are just elite pitchers that you can – you can really learn a lot from just watching the games and – seeing how they pitch. But um, I wouldn't say there's one pitcher that I truly just like look up to. Um, you know, I've always been a fan of Verlander. Like he's always been at the top of my list of, yeah. you know, favorite pitchers. I don't, I, I said it uh, on an episode that we did like two or three days ago. I'm like, I don't know what is up with Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, but they had to have been taking the TB12 method or something <laughs> like that. Being able to be that effective at 40 years old, that's unheard of. I mean, yeah, I think Verlander is one of the best to ever do it just for what he's doing at his age. And I think the crazy thing is you see a lot of pitchers, you know, I think Granky's a huge example is that, you know, he's a guy that was throwing 100 and he really had to change his game to kind of fit, fit the mold of baseball to keep getting outs because, you know, he's, he's not a guy that was throwing 100 anymore. Mm -hmm. But then you get Justin Verlander and he's in his 
whatever age season, and he's still the same power pitcher he was yeah. from the day one. And I think to me, that's just goes to show the work ethic that he puts in just to be that age and throwing a hundred miles an hour and winning a Cy Young and not really having to change who he is just because he's still a power pitcher. And I think that's one of the most amazing things in baseball that gets kind of overlooked. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't know if you heard what uh, Kate Upton said during, I think it was after the Astros won the World Series, but she's like, what can I say? He's an effing legend. <laughs> Literally, I think, yeah, I, I put him at the top of my list uh, any day. Yeah, I completely agree. But uh, something that I think you'd find kind of cool is we, we had on, uh, so for, for the Locked On Podcast Network, they have an MLB Prospects show and their host, uh, his name is Lindsey Crosby. He actually classified your curveball as the best in the system. And so I that made me think, Talk about sort of your evolution of that specific pitch and how it's really progressed over the years. Yeah, so the curveball is actually a funny story. Um, so I never had a curveball. And I think it was 2018 or 2019 when I was in high A, my first full season. I had a good fastball, a good slider. Um, I was still kind of getting better mechanically. I wasn't a finished product by any means. And I remember sitting in the outfield and we had a guy, I don't know if you know, Brian Bannister, mm -hmm. um, very high profile pitching guru. Literally, he's the most knowledgeable guy when it comes to analytics, pitch development. I mean, he, he's written all the stuff. He's evolutionized it. And luckily enough, the Red Sox had him in the system when he worked there. And I remember shagging during BP and this guy before I even knew who he was. He was in town. I think we were playing the Astros high A team in Fayetteville. And uh, he comes up to me and he's like, hey, do you ever grip a ball like this and throw it? And I'm like, uh, no, why? <laughs> he's like, uh, you know, you kind of have the same uh, hand profile as, as a few guys. You know, I think he mentioned like Verlander um, and maybe Matt Barnes, I want to say, kind of the same. And he's like, this Grip kind of works for them. They throw very good, hard curve balls. Um, just try it. I was like, didn't know who this guy was, to be honest with you at the time, you know. <laughs> and he's like, just try it. And I was like, okay. And then he kind of walked away. And um, I was just, I was, didn't know what to do. I was like, uh, just holding the ball in my hand. I'm like, okay. Um, so then I think the next day, Lance Carter, our pitching coach, uh, was like, all right, let's try a few. So I throw it. It was like pretty good. Throw it again. It's pretty good. He's like, all right, just, just keep it in your back pocket. We'll keep working on it. You know, I remember the 2019 season goes on and I keep throwing in bullpens, keep throwing in bullpens, keep throwing in bullpens. And I think a game comes on fastball slider, nothing's working. And then I, I'm pretty sure Lance told me, he's like, you know, just, just try the curveball. I'm like, okay, throw one kid rips the ball off my shins and I'm like oh here we go <laughs> but you know you know had good shape had good everything and I was like all right maybe this doesn't work but I remember him in a line drive just right off my shin and I'm like oh my god but you know I keep I kept working on it, I kept throwing it and it just became a very good pitch later on the season and I was just striking everyone out with it it was hard it was late and I remember that time I had fastball slider curveball now because everyone's like oh where did this pitch come from that's kind of when I switched to that starter role at the end of 2019. And then I went like five games, two of the games that I didn't give up a hit. And then that's kind of how I became a starter the following year, but that's kind of how the curveball came about. And then 
I became fastball curveball pitcher. So yeah, it was kind of just that 2019 season. I just kind of picked it up <laughs> along the way. It was late. It was That's late crazy. in the season. Yeah. And, and then, and, uh, and now people are classifying as the best curveball in the system. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Just, it just kept getting better and better. And then, you know, 29 or 2021, I kind of lost it a little bit. And then this year I kind of made a little tweak to it and I kind of got it back to where it was. So then, yeah, I kind of just came back, That's but awesome. it's good to finally uh, get people to notice it. Cause you know, it, it happened so late and then COVID happened and then, I struggled that year as a starter. So it's like, no one really noticed it. And uh, yeah. it was good that this year, like it was kind of people started to realize the pitches I had. Makes sense. And, and when, when you got that tweak in, you know, 2021 or 2022, we were like, Ooh, we're back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, I want to, I want to start getting into some, some, you know, non-baseball questions or sort of baseball questions, but learn a little bit more about you. That's one thing that I, I tried doing the show Talk a little bit about your on-field stuff, but also off-field stuff so fans can learn about more about AJ Politi off the field. So um not non non-baseball stuff. What has been some of your favorite moments so far this offseason that you've done? Um I would say a memorable one is driving across the country. I'll, I'll put that oh, up I didn't on. realize that you drove. <laughs> Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um it wasn't fun. I wouldn't classify that as fun, but it was definitely, you know, a checklist thing that I can say I've done. <laughs> um, you know, I, I got to put that in there. Um, I think just being in San Diego, it's been awesome. You know, it's, it's just a different vibe out here. It's a different feel. And, um, you know, I've been having a lot of fun. It's just nice being outside all the time. It's nice living at the beach. It's nice going into the ocean. Um, it's kind of just, what I do most days. So I haven't had anything kind of crazy happen or memorable, but I think just living in San Diego is definitely pretty memorable. Just, you know, it feels like you're on vacation now all the time, just coming from the East coast in the winter. <laughs> That's awesome. What, what funny enough, I've never told this on a podcast before, but my, my parents back in the early nineties, my mom lived in Massachusetts. My dad lived in, in California. My mom drove cross country in the early nineties, like barely any cell phones, barely nothing. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like much easier to do it now than back in the early nineties. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's a long trip. <laughs> That's for sure. But uh, you, now, now that you're in San Diego, are you going to start trying to take up uh surfing? Uh, I don't know. I think so. I, I, I really want to try, you know, I've yeah. been in the water every day, but we'll see. You know, I, I got, I, I should, I should while I'm here. How about volleyball? I haven't, but I was thinking pickleball might be my next adventure. Oof. Yeah. There you go. So the, and the, the and then out of nowhere, is... we'll see a notification. AJ Politi starts a starts a pickleball <laughs> franchise and the the new league or whatever. Tom Brady's got one. Drew Brees has one. Yeah, my gym is actually at a tennis facility, so I kind of what I I ride my bike to the gym in the morning. And I kind of just see everyone playing pickleball. And I'm like, I got to get into this. <laughs> Definitely got to try that. Damn, that's yeah. awesome. And so you you mentioned biking. Now, is it is what are some other things that are your are some of your favorite hobbies outside of the game? Um, not many hobbies. Um, kind of a boring guy, you know. Um, you know, mornings kind of taken up by training, throwing. Uh, then, you know, I usually like to go to a coffee shop, grab a coffee, sit on the beach, um, go for a swim. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's most of my days. I mean, we've spent most of our weekends just exploring San Diego, going to different parts. Um, yeah, there's not many hobbies that I have <laughs> outside of baseball. I'm a big coffee guy myself. And now, since you brought up coffee, obviously, not, since I'm since I'm still in the New England area, I would get killed if I didn't ask this. When you were still in New England or Rhode Island, or did, were you a Dunks guy? Never, no change. <laughs> I'm a I'm a huge coffee I'm a huge coffee snob so no chains no Starbucks none of that I love it that's so funny I um so I worked at Dunkin Donuts for seven years like from you know high school throughout college and all that sort of stuff helped me buy help help me yeah. fund myself essentially um but I I don't really get coffee from there really at all I'm a I'm a coffee shop type of guy as well but um we had a few fans ask some questions as well um Atlas Baseball said favorite player growing up. Ooh, favorite player going up. Uh, all right, so big Mets fan growing oh, up. Um, so, you know, you had the guys like, you know, you had David Wright, Pedro, Billy Wagner was mm-hmm. a huge fan. And then I was kind of, I was a big fan of like a lot of funky pitchers. I mean, I was a big Dontrell Willis fan, low key. Ooh, yeah, he was um, awesome. Yeah, huge. I was a huge fan of just like funky pitchers that I just – would have fun trying to like imitate while like mm-hmm. playing catch and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it was always like Pedro Verlander. Um, obviously always loved David Wright just because of the Mets. Okay. Um, yeah, those are, those are just, but, and then Billy Wagner, obviously just cause I fell in love with the hard fastball. So <laughs> do you think you should be a hall of famer? Um. Uh, because I, I looked at I his stats, so. I had an argument with, with with one of my friends. I'm like, I think he deserves it. I mean, he's up there. Just cause, just because I was a Mets fan, huge fan. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go with yeah. Okay, awesome. And uh, also, also like you already answered the Mets fan question. Somebody asked what was your favorite team growing up, but um, you know, now now looking towards 2022, what are some of your main goals? Uh, or 2023. I don't know why I'm still back back in 2022. I think. You know, the only goal left is really just getting to that next step and just being a big leaguer and mm-hmm. just proving what I can do and just seeing if my stuff plays at the next level. And I think it does. And I'm excited to get an opportunity and hopefully I do get an opportunity. And yeah, that's kind of my last, that's my main goal right now. Yeah, I, I definitely see you getting that opportunity. As I mentioned, I, I was I was one of those one of those big beaters for Pelini <laughs> in the Red Sox bullpen at the end of 2022. But I definitely see you getting there in 2023. But um, one thing I did want to mention, so, sort of something that I I know is in the back of your mind, might not want to think about exactly, but since there is a tiny bit of a possibility that you could not be with the Red Sox organization if another team takes you in the Rule 5 draft, is there any message that you have you know, for Red Sox Nation since you've essentially been with them throughout majority of your career? Uh, I mean... I loved every part about being with the Red Sox. And I think the coolest thing is I remember in summer ball, I was playing in New Hampshire and my host family took me to a Red Sox game, my first Red Sox game. And I remember sitting at Fenway. I was like, this is the place to play. Like, this is the dream. Like if I'm, if I'm going to play professional baseball, like this is the park I want to play in every day. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of cool being drafted by the Red Sox. And then just knowing like, that could be a possibility just because there's no place like Fenway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, the ultimate goal is getting to the big leagues, but uh, I've loved every part of the, being with the Red Sox. I think it's a first-class organization that's 
really pours a lot of money into the minor league players and really helps every player out. And it's, it's been like a family there. I mean, all the trainers there, all the head guys, it's like, I feel like I've just been with them for every day for the past four years. So, you know, it's, it's, it would be tough to leave it. And I wouldn't want to leave it just because, I mean, Fenway is where I want to play, but mm-hmm. in the end, the ultimate goal is to be a big leaguer. And who knows, maybe one day I can get to be playing at Fenway. I, I hope that you can make that happen in 2023. And, you know, I, I hope that, you know, even, even once, once we, you know, flip, flip pages into 2023, I, I hope you're still a part of the organization, but um, really appreciate you taking the time today, AJ. And, uh, you know, obviously wish you all the luck. Awesome. Thank you. appreciate it. I hope that you did enjoy my conversation with AJ Pavidi. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in and for making Lockdown Red Sox your first listen of every single day. Now make your second listen and check out Locked On Sports Today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And we want to thank you so much for supporting Locked On Red Sox throughout this offseason. We're going to be continuing to bring you great content throughout the rest of this offseason and going into 2023, not only bring you interviews like these with prospects, former players, reporters, we're going to continue to also update you everything that's going on during free agency and also the trade market regarding the Boston Red Sox. So if you have not yet, make sure to subscribe over on YouTube or on wherever where wherever you listen to your podcast but also make sure to follow us over on twitter it's lo underscore red Sox. you can also follow myself it's at jake iggy and also my co-host lauren it's la 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 three laws lauren with four r's but we hope everybody has a great and relaxing weekend we'll talk to you next week we'll end it how we always end it let's go socks peace hey prime members You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.